Hello, this is Lisa Russick with the podcast We Are All Psychic, and guess what? It's time for Tarot Talk with Donna. Hi, Donna. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm really scattered and confused and destroyed. Just kidding. I'm okay. (laughs) We're talking, (laughs) listeners, we're talking about the Thoth deck, however it may be pronounced. But first, Donna, I would like to ask you for the sixth time, do you still think we're all psychic? I absolutely do still think that we are all psychic. <laughs> and that's that's all you have to ask you every time. So you could right. you're allowed to change your mind, but she has not. I understand. I understand. Yeah. But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm sticking to it too. So uh listeners, the the thought deck, I call it the thought deck. And before we started the podcast, I asked uh I asked Donna, like, is that the right way to pronounce it? Because she has pronounced it thoth in other podcasts. So mm-hmm. so you want to tell the listeners what you told me? Yeah, you know, there doesn't seem to be a hard and fast rule or an agreement, you know, a consistent agreement. If it's Thoth, Thoth, Toth, Toth. There's like, there's like many variations. Um, I'm more comfortable just saying Thoth, but, you know, if you're more comfortable saying Thoth, I, everybody always seems to know whether they agree or disagree on the pronunciation, what deck is being talked about. So I guess that's really <laughs> And now listeners, we are doing a video podcast. This will be on Spotify. And um, eventually I'm going to get my Spotify videos on YouTube when I get around to it. But uh, if you'd like to watch it, we'll show you some cards from the the Aleister Crowley deck. (laughs) Now there, there's also some discussion about that's a podcast by itself. (laughs) I'll be back for that. And it won't be a tarot talk. It'll be a mythos. <laughs> a figure, but, of you know, <laughs> but there's also some discussion about the proper pronunciation of Crowley. Crowley, Crowley yeah, Crowley. I've heard that too. So yeah. Crowley Crowley. I always say I, there, there. I have, I have, unlike years ago, I have actually adopted Crowley. And the only way, frankly, that I remember that that seems to be the more accepted pronunciation is I always say it's a crow, not an owl. Right. Yeah. So it's, probably, it's owl, probably. not an crow. What if I yeah. get confused and think it's an owl, not a crow? Ah. <laughs> Again, people will still always tell <laughs> to whom you are referring. Yeah, you're right. I think always. I, you're right. I, I've seen documentaries on it, and I do remember them saying he preferred Crowley in some of the documentaries. So yeah, yeah that does stand. I remember that now. Um, and my rule, and my rule of thumb is how people pronounce their own name, whether I think it's correct. <laughs> yeah, they want if it that way. Tell me, like, if you were to tell me, even with the spelling of your first name, that you preferred to be called Liza, I would call you Liza because it's <laughs> <your> name. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I guess when you're like a big mythical figure, like Aleister Crowley or Crowley, uh, people, you know, they they can change it up, and and you know. They don't know what his preference was because he hasn't been alive in a long time. No, that is true. He's been gone for quite some time. I think the fact that people are still talking about him um, would probably make him very pleased. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a guess. Just a guess. I think your guess is absolutely correct. Um, So listeners, uh, first of all, the the Thoth deck, um, I'm going to show you what I have. This is a Thoth deck and she has hers too. You see, they're they're a little different uh, from like the traditional rider weight that we do uh, a lot of the tarot podcasts with. And this is the rider weight. So, you know, you can see a difference. And they also are they also kind of work differently. So 
Donna, would you like to tell the listeners the differences between the two, the, the major differences between using them and the cards? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to start out with, and I have actually heard that in some circles, some belief systems, there seems to be, and I don't know how widespread this is, I can't speak to that. There seems to be some um, distinction made that somehow Thoth is not tarot. Um, In my humble estimation, nothing could be further from the truth. It absolutely is tarot. It follows all of the conventions and protocols and standards of what would constitute the system of tarot. Unlike other types of cardomancy, and there are many, many other kinds, there are angel cards and oracle cards. There's Lenormand. There's something called Kipper, which I'm only very, very marginally aware. Yeah, they're kind of like Lenormand, the Kippers. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- but those are those are actually it's all cardomancy. Those are different systems. They follow yeah. rules. But those is tarot. <laughs> it's absolutely tarot. Mm-hmm. There are seventy eight cards. <laughs> there are twenty two majors. Yeah. There are six minors. There are 16 court cards. And so it's, God damn it, pardon me, tarot. It's tarot. <laughs> she said it here. It's 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 a done deal. You cannot argue. You can't but, because it's recorded and you yeah, yeah, will never hear you. They can, can yell at the recording. If yeah, not. you can yell at the recording. <laughs> and then since we're all psychic, she might actually feel your angst. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I might, my ears might start burning or something, or something maybe even worse. Might happen. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there are a couple of differences. Um, one of the probably, well, it's really, it actually involves four cards. Um, one of the things that is different is the attributions for the card that Crowley calls adjustment, which in Rider Waite is called justice. Okay. And the card that in Rider Waite is called strength. And in the Thoth is called lust. Not only are these cards renamed, they're Num- their numbering system, where they fall in the majors. The majors are numbered zero through 21, making 22 total. In, Cro- in Crowley's deck, or the Crowley-Harris deck, card adjustment, aka justice, is numbered eight. Right or wait, Lisa, you've got... Strength is my eight. Yeah. And lust, a.k.a. strength, instead of being card eight, is card 11. Right. And okay, why the switch? (laughs) Well, I know the Tarot de Marseille does it, and uh, I'm curious to hear what the Crowley reason is. Yeah. Um, Also, just for a little bit of backstory, and I probably should, I don't have notes in front of me, so if I make a mistake, believe me, somebody I'm sure will correct me. Um, but the, the, there's the gold. Okay, so Crowley was, a, Crowley was a member of the Golden Dawn, but actually so was Arthur Wade. So why the departure? Why the, and the Golden Dawn system follows, or Crowley followed the Golden Dawn system. Right. Um, 
I actually like Crowley's reasoning and what he, um, his reason for this is actually based on Kabbalah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, the path on the tree of life, which is the Kabbalah, is more consistent. The energies of that are more consistent when they're named this way. My <laughs> <Hi>, car. <laughs> And also the Hebrew letters associated with each of these cards are more consistent. Okay. And that I don't have my notes for. But um, the idea that, um, let me see if I can even figure this out by looking at the card. I should be able to, but probably I won't at right at this moment. <laughs> um, but there is, Le- okay, so there's Leo energy in the strength card, which of course, you know, there's a big old lion on there. So <laughs> um, that. Um, it's, so it's, it's astrological, it's Kabbalistic, um, and it's Hebrew letter, the Hebrew letter associated with it. He just felt that that was, which I think is this, I think is tough, um, is just, it's much more consistent with the energy of the card. There would be no reason then. And the idea of the way, particularly because in Hebrew, you know, letters are numbers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Letters are numbers. So. Um, in keeping with that whole system, this made more sense. Yeah. Okay. And, and actually to me, when I was learning, I mean, when I was first learning to read, trust me, when I tell you, this wasn't the first thing I learned. (laughs) I had other other things to worry about, (laughs) but if, or when anybody who's interested either as a reader or just as a, you know, for their own, whatever reason, um, would want to know more about, about tarot. Um, it, it's been explained better than I just did and in more detail. Um, and that kind of gives the, that, that gives the reasoning behind it. And to me, it really did make more sense. Okay. The thing yeah. is when it comes to reading the cards, right. Or using the cards in that respect, although of course there will be some, I'll say departures, um, the essence of the cards is not terribly different or doesn't have to be terribly different than the way they would be read. If you were reading them, I'll, I'll call it in the writer way system, Okay, but, but his whole approach, um, not only the artwork, so lady, lady Frida Harris was the artist and I feel a very gifted artist. Yeah. Um, but the Rider Waite Smith is a beautiful deck in its own right. They're very different in their energies when you look at the colors, when you look at the, we'll call it design, and what and the reason why the cards were designed the way that they are. Because again, the whole idea, depending on how you want to look at it when you're learning tarot or learning to read tarot is you know seeing the card seeing what's happening on the card and we've talked about this in previous um uh, podcasts yeah um a lot of it is what it awakens for you you know intuitively or if you begin to free associate you know if you see a card like the i don't know see then you know i just pulled the prince of cups and i'm looking at it right listeners if you're watching yeah looking at this guy isn't he handsome all right so yeah, there's a lot of difference here than in, in a traditional, I mean, in a Rider Waite Prince of Cups. And this 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 guy, he uh, 
there's a lot of details. Um, when I look at it, I, I, I don't like the Prince of Cups or the Knight of Cups, which I usually think of as like a, a romantic artsy type. When I look at this guy, um, he makes me think of kind of like a free lover, <laughs> you know, <laughs> free love. Oh, and Ain't going and, for know, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and- and even there, you know, like, again, the energies behind the court cards um, are a little bit different because, again, in the Rider-Waite system, when you get to the court cards, you have a king, a queen, a prince, and a, no, a king, a queen, a knight, and a page. So very much the way a medieval, you know, hierarchy. kind of, yeah. You know, because, again, king, queen, knight. The knight is the one who kind of goes out in the world. He's the one who's got, you know, tasks to do out in the world. He's out there to prove himself. Yeah. And then the page sort of serves either the knight, usually a page serves a knight, um, but pages also serve in court, right? In, yeah. In royal court. Um, Crowley um, calls the court cards the knight. There is no king. Yeah. The knight, the queen, the prince, and the princess. So his way of looking at the court cards ties to, and again, I don't want to get too, too esoteric here. And again, especially without notes, I also don't want to embarrass myself. (laughs) Um, But it's not that I don't know, but when you're talking extemporaneously, sometimes it's just like, uh, uh, (laughs) Um, but the idea that that actually ties to, um, um, the Yad, Hey, Bow, Hey, right? So Yahweh. Yahweh, okay, yeah. The yeah. name of God, right? And so there's there's Yad, that, that's your knight, aka king. Your Hey is your queen. Okay. Your Vow is your knight or your prince. And then your page or your princess is that final um, Hey. That's really cool. I did not, I did and the way that's that's more about it's almost more like a family unit. Okay. And it's more cyclical. There's a movement to that because at one time that knight who's now wed to the queen, they beget the prince and the princess. The prince does have in many ways, the knight's role. He has to go prove himself. He has their brother and sister, but he has to go find a princess. Yeah. Or he can become the knight and she can become the queen. Yeah. And the princess is going to wind up from that family unit, is going to wind up finding her prince and they're going to become a knight and a queen. So there's a, there's a more dynamic, there's a more, to me, there's more life in that. There's something more that kind of speaks to life cycles family and and like bonds and and where they come from and how they're evolving and yeah that's really a really good point to point out there i I hadn't thought about whenever i read like a writer wait say i get a queen and a king if i were reading thoth and i got a knight and a queen i i wouldn't i wouldn't gosh these cars are just being buttheads today uh you know i wouldn't um i would think of them as a pair and but if i had a deck with a prince and a princess i would think of them as a pair not brother Mm -hmm. and sisters but what you just said makes much more sense 
you know. Well, and the thing is, they are their brother and sister to each other, but because there are other princes, other princesses, you know, again, the idea that they each find their partner and then beget, you know, they become again knights and queens. And, uh, but I guess, I guess, the, I guess the difference for me, just in my own way of looking at it, is because we talked about the knights kind of being the ones who have to go out and prove themselves, right? They still have something to do in the world. Um, again, not so sure why it wouldn't be a king, but a king to me is already settled. You know, he's established his domain, he's established yeah, his realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the knight is still um, yeah. in action. And if I remember, the like stuff I've seen and read about Alistair Crowley Crowley. Um, he, he, he liked the youth. Youth had it all the power. The youth had all the power. So like yeah. the knight is younger, you know, and the king sounds kind of, you know, and like, he's, he's done, you know? Yeah. He's, all <laughs> he's like, he's on the back nine at this point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> his, you know, he's got his realm. He's got his wife. Yeah. He's got his, you know, he's got his subjects and, He's kind of, I mean, he could still be very vital. He could still be, you know, very much involved in life, but he's achieved whatever he's going to achieve. He's kind of like now the he, master of his suit, you know, he, right. that's all he does, you know, he, he, he is like the, the owner of that suit and all the characteristics, I guess. But in the, in the Thoth deck, how would you say the knight? I mean, he's, he's like, he has a different kind of angle. I would, I wouldn't say he's like the owner of all the knowledge of the suit necessarily. Would you, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that. No. And again, I feel like he's still on the way I look at it is he still has things to do. Okay. So he's still, there are still worlds to conquer. <laughs> um, yes. So he would be almost like the, you know, um, and I don't want to attribute this necessarily to anything warlike because it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but very often if you look at quote unquote the real world, right? And you know, you look at at um systems of you know royalty or whatever, um, in times of peace, obviously the king could kind of kick back, right? But in but in other times, he had to go be like an active warrior, he had to, you know, inspire his troops, he had to, you know, he had to keep things going or regain some semblance of order and peace. Yeah, so I, look yeah. At, I look at the knights as pretty dynamic. Yeah, they're always working. Yeah, they still have work to do. And, mm-hmm. and they're actively doing it. They're, not one of them sits on a throne. They're True. all they're all mounted, right? In, yeah. in, in Thoth, they're all mounted. So they're all on horseback. And they've all, you know, they, they all got business, right? They, yeah, all got they do they have business. Do. So, <laughs> I'm looking for one. <laughs> I want to see some business. <laughs> exactly. And the, and, the, and the princes draw chariot. The princes are in ch- essentially chariots. Yeah. Yeah. Chariots. They're driving um, their fortune. Right. So, but yeah, so the knights, um, actually the only one who's, well, he's still on horseback. He's not going very far, very fast. Is the, is the knight of discs, a.k.a. King of Pentacles. Pentacles. Yeah. And that's another difference. That's another difference. (laughs) Um, And we can talk briefly about that. The um, the, the suits in Thoth are wands, familiar, cups, okay, fine, (laughs) swords. And then we have discs versus pentacle. Right. Or coins. So, yeah. And, and again, he, you know, he had his reasons. 
<laughs> and often, here's one of the biggest differences and one of the things I really like about the deck is his whole approach to the idea of earth, right? What earth energy is or what earth energy means and what its purpose or function is. Um, especially if you go back far enough um, and even in magical systems and even in religious systems, earth was kind of, the material world was a problem. I mean, we were all in it. We were all stuck in it until, you know, we would die and be delivered in whatever manner, right? But the idea that the material world is like, we're all, that's where all the trouble happens. Yeah. (laughs) That's the problem. That's the problem. (laughs) We have physical bodies. So we have physical needs. We have physical desires. We have physical limitations, you know, and, and if you take a more, I'm going to say this and I'm not looking to to diss or rip on anybody who happens to be Christian because I have no axe to grind. But some of the more restrictive and if you want to say fundamentalist or I can call it old-fashioned Christian beliefs, again, was this idea that the material world is the problem. Yeah. If we hadn't sinned, we wouldn't even be here, right? Yeah. So we're already here as sort of a it's already kind of a punishment. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, Crowley took a very, very different approach to the idea of what the material world is and is 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 meant to be. What it, what it gives us, and it's yeah. actually it's actually a gift, not a burden. I mean, yeah, it's a burden. We get sick. We get we get old. We get infirm. Things break. You know? Yeah. Parts of us break, right? They get worn out. And there's no replacement parts for some of them. We don't have oil changes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So the whole idea that Earth is Earth is alive. And and anybody who has looked I think into any kind of mystical or magical system, you know, is probably familiar with the phrase, you know, as above, so below. We're a reflect, we're not the, we're not the decomposition of the universe, right? I mean, yes, energetically, we're different, you know. Um, So the more material, the more solid something becomes. Yeah, it changes energetically. But also understand that during the period of time that Crowley lived, Crowley lived and did and did this work, um, a lot of belief systems were shifting. And the idea, though, that as above, so below, we're a reflection of the divine. We're a reflection of that highest vibration of energy. And the only way that the system works, because it can't really be finite otherwise, it'd be over Yeah, (laughs) is that there's also a cycle that it starts at the high, if you want to say at the highest, or you could start at the lowest. It just depends on where, where you want to start. But again, it's, it's cyclical and one resolves into the other, the highest, most ethereal, most unknowable energy ultimately changes shape and form until it becomes this material world yeah yeah you know the dirt outside the globe we're spinning on you know the the planet we're spinning on 
But that isn't the end point. That energy generates or regenerates and you start basically then sort of back at the top. Cycle cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, there's a lot about that, that I find very rich, not only in imagery, but in energy and, you know, I mean, again, I know we're getting maybe a little bit far afield. Do I think about that stuff when I'm reading someone's cards? Not necessarily. <laughs> Somewhere back there. It's in there. Yeah, but it's in there, but it's yeah. in there. And, and I think it, it does inform and, and color or or add a different perspective to the way I look at a reading when I do a reading. Yeah. Even if it's on something, again, very, very much about real world, real world problems, real world, real world issues or questions. Oh, yeah. Because um, not every question is a quote unquote spiritual question, although right. every question has a spiritual dimension, just like every spiritual explore, exploration has its counterpart in the more ethereal energy or the more spiritual energy, the right. things we don't see. Right. Yeah. That when you explain the deck that way with the, both aspects and the intermingling and working together, that, that, that does make a lot of sense. And uh, you're making me wish I didn't miss my night of swords that I gave away a long time ago, or yeah, it was my night. I think I gave my night of swords away to a, a friend as a, a, a present with a, yeah, it's a long story, but that's why I don't use my thought deck because I don't, I'm missing a card. I guess I could use one of these little, uh, you know, extra cards. I guess that's what I'll do. I'll start using it. Well, that's true. You could always, yeah, you could always, yeah. What, what, and those, those are things obviously that have been added. As, yeah. You know, different publishers have. You I know, love it when there's a blank card because I do, I yeah. lose cards, blend cards, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get one that rips. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. And <laughs> it's always like, or like. Gets, yeah, it gets dog-eared, so then you got to yeah. <laughs> It's like, I know what this is. Nah. <laughs> like Vegas, right? Then you've got your mark, or you're like a magician, then you've got the mark card. And that's a magician in a good way. <laughs> so, and that's another thing. Some of the other, and some of the other names, although again, whether or not it's truly material or not, for example, instead of calling the magician the magician, Crowley refers to him as the magus. Yes, yeah, so I was about to get at that too. These all the lot yeah. of cards have words, unlike the Rider Wait. Here's the yeah. High Priestess. She's the priestess, but then mm -hmm. here's the the Two of Discs, and it says Change. That's yes. the discs, right? So they all have like that can really help people starting. Like when I we've talked about this a million times. My Osho Zen had words, and when they have words, it's like kind of like a good place to start. If I'm for me anyway, I'm a word person, and it's like it's yeah. right there and, and a concept on the card, you know along with the picture. And, you know, if I had no other information that that helps to start, you know? Yeah, kind of, hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is too, and I have heard some people have referred to the words or the names of the cards um, as keywords. Yeah. I, take, I do take exception with that. Um, yeah. Only because to me, keywords are kind of a different, I mean, Again, I don't want to get into semantics and I don't want to sound like I'm this, you know. It's just your preference. Whatever. Yeah. But it is a preference. But here's why. I mean, I do think that particularly because so many of the cards, once you get away from the court cards and the major arcana, are not um, populated, right? They tend to be quite geometric. Right. They're very rich in imagery. But they, they don't have like people. There's no story on this card. Yeah. Like look at your tenant. Okay. You got my pleasure. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> well, you are you're and you're also a Taurus. So I mean yeah. How can how consensual pleasure not <laughs> people forget that about Taurians. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the the comfortable sheets and the soft, easy clothes. <laughs> things that smell good and things yeah, I do. And things that feel good on skin and yeah, all of it, all of it, all of the senses. Yeah, yeah. Beauty, good you card know, to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, an excellent card to pick. Um, and I happen to just randomly, I pick, I picked up the the ten of discs. You know, again, these have. And almost some of them have a very geometric feel to them. Some of them, yes, they depict objects like that has six cups on it, right? With lotus flowers and flowing water. They're beautiful, but there's no immediate or apparent story going on. Right. Like with the Rider Waite, there's like people doing stuff usually. Yeah. Well, if you had pulled the six of cups Rider Waite, there's a story going on there. Yeah, right? yeah. And right away, you've got the the, the woman the, giving the flower. Yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. younger, yeah, to the younger, to the young child, or the yeah. older child giving it to the younger. They're like child in a village, from, and yeah. yeah. There's a village in the background. They're in a garden. You know, they're in what appears to be a garden. You know, there's a little story going on there. There's a little vignette, like a snapshot, right? Yeah, of something going on. Yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> with actual. People. <laughs> and, and, you know, and both doesn't have that. So for one thing, yes, having that. But for me, again, and going back to the whole idea that, you know, that, that words are numbers <laughs> and, but more so that the cons that you have a concept. Behind the keyword. Behind yeah. the keyword. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you there. I have a lot of catchphrases instead of keywords. Mm-hmm. I, I like all my cards will have like maybe anywhere from two to 10 catchphrases that I kind of filter through looking at the other cards around them when I'm doing a reading. So it's, mm-hmm. so like, you know, but I have a concept behind each of one of those kinds of concepts. I mean, you have like an idea of what goes behind it, not just like pleasure, you know, in this case, I would be like, you know, if it's say it's with the hermit, well, the hermit really enjoys his alone time, you know, <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I would see that instead of just, pleasure you know it's it'd be like with another card you can combine it and see something there you know so you know he enjoys his alone time and um and also i i don't know what if the pleasure card for example in this deck goes any like farther further deeper but for me when i look at it like the cups are all closed um it's like you're containing the enjoyment within but you're spreading it out too in the card like you know you're sharing it there's still a flow like the feeling inside of us with these pictures of what of what these words are you know kind of what i think of you know you know and again i will say that there is some interpretive um variation so does the six of cups in so exactly match the I'll say kind of the def, we'll call it the little white book definition or interpretation <laughs> that's at least supposed to be a starting point for yeah. reading the card and it's not exactly the same and again what what Crowley brought to the mix was based on astro- so Kabbalah astrology the the tarot system that already existed in terms of suit and, you know, 
and the and the progression of the numbers, you know, the two, you know, the numbering of the cards, the two through ten. Um, he even interp uh, he even incorporated some um, um, I Ching references or I Ching references. Um, and and also again, there's the you know again there's the astrological astro uh, attributes. That's what most people things. know. That's what most people yeah. associate with the folk deck. They're the yeah. astrology, and each card has uh, some kind of astrological. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Companion. I'm, that's not the word I'm looking for, but you know, a comparison. Well, there's a right. There's a there's a there's a correspondence, there's a representation, or a correspondence. Yes, found it. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and again, I mean, can, can that really enrich a reading in terms yeah. of interpretation? Yes, it can. Yeah. Um, but again, where, and I love the six of cups for this reason, and it's a pretty easy example to make. So in Rider Waite, um, very often what you would get from that card or one of the starting points in reading that card, again, obviously still in the context of whatever else was going on, is maybe a feeling of nostalgia a I sense know. of yeah, yeah, a sense of a, a sense of that um sort of maybe the um I want to say maybe kind of the innocence or the purity of childhood. There is a real innocent feeling to that, and and it makes me think. And when you say nostalgia, I always think of nostalgia with it too. I'm digging through, looking for it, but it's also it has a little taint of like sadness in it, but bittersweet. You know, and, and that's the mistake, right? And that's especially from an adult perspective when yeah. we think back on our childhoods, even if our childhoods were perfectly lovely, but whether they were or they weren't, right? There's yeah. that little bit of that. There's that kind of that longing to go back to that innocence, yeah, or that feeling is. of, um, you know, just sort of innocent pleasure in in loving or in connecting with people. Now, contrast that with the Six of Cups. Yeah, there they are. If you're watching, they're both in there. both. Um, and <laughs> you get a very different interpretation because if I am not mistaken, and again, I don't have my ah, there it is. Oh, good, you're right here. Mm -hmm. Um, this mm -hmm. is um, if I am not missing anything, <laughs> this is the sun and score. This is the, it's astrological correspondence is the sun and Scorpio. Okay, what what's what's card is that? That's that's the six of cups. Uh, the six, oh, you have, it, oh, I couldn't yeah. tell. Okay, because yeah, like, I'm sorry, it might have had the yeah, it might have had the glare on it though too. But no, yeah, it's just because like on my camera it's faded, and on yours it's all bright, so I got confused. Oh. <laughs> I'm not I'm not familiar with this deck as well as you are. So, so there, you know, there it is. I mean, you know, and now Sun and Scorpio, Crowley Crowley takes a whole different path with this card. Because the idea of pleasure is absolutely tied to the idea of physical sexual pleasure, which a lot of people are going to go, well, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with childhood or God knows probably shouldn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but the idea that it's pure in the sense that it's a very organic physicality or a very organic sexuality um, is very much about this card and fulfilling or satisfying or seeking and enjoying that pleasure is um, a, once again, part of a process that first of all, if somebody somewhere didn't, we all wouldn't be here having this conversation. Right, right. Um, the world would not be populated <laughs> and the cycle would not continue, right? The cycle would not continue. We, right. we reproduce, right? That's and you know, it's like a, and it's also a six and six is a, mm -hmm. like I think of as a number of love and duty. 
you know, so it's a pleasure, you know, it's the sexual pleasure uh, of creating a family with the cups being emotional, you know, it, it does make sense. Yeah. And I know Carly had a lot of like a lot of sexual references and a lot of stuff that he did. He was, you know, he, he, from what I've watched and read, he was very into sex magic and stuff like that, you know, so I know this deck has a lot of that, you know, that kind of power that sex offers people or that they can gain from each other with it. Um, So there's a, and the, you know, there's a lot of that described in the way the cards are described in my little guidebook that came with this, you know, this thought deck even, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a, some people might say that that's too much um, um, emphasis on that part of, of, you know, life or living or, or whatever, but, you know, at its highest, um, again, there's a divine, there's a, there's a kind of divine union. There's a kind of divine marriage. The reason that, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And so the physical, the physical part of it is certainly part of it. And certainly it can be arguably only, maybe not only, but mostly physical with, with sort of a detachment, but there, once again, there really is no true detachment. Yeah. And so the idea that on some level that if you're consciously creating or consciously co-creating, you are actually engaging in a very, very sacred act, a sacred ritual. Yeah. And it's the ritual of creation. And then there's also, especially this being Scorpio, there's also the destruction, right? There's the death. Yeah. Right? yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, I a lot of this I know is like a really, and that, really that, well, that, that, that makes me think of the power struggle in sex too. There is a power yeah. struggle sometimes and it's a problem. <laughs> you yeah. know, some people, they, you know, or even animals, they have power struggles with sexuality and right. dominance and, you know, stuff like that. And it just does seem to be in relationships that are intimate, you know, loving relationships. Even then there's, there's a power struggle just in every, just about every relationship, but a romantic partnership, there's going to be a power struggle and uh, sexuality is one way to fix it. <laughs> a problem. Yeah. And it's, it's also can be used as a weapon. That Scorpio, you know, it, it can, can be the contributor, right. It can be the contributing yeah. factor to the problem or, and, or its resolution. Yeah. So. It's how you use the abilities given. And that's, and this yeah. gives you a lot of freedom. This deck gives you a lot of freedom of choice. Yeah. And, and consequences are defined. (laughs) (laughs) And again, a lot of it, you know, so many of his, um, you know, if you want to say his studies and, or his teachings, again, consider the time, right. When this was happening, because we're all, we are all to some greater or lesser degree products of our time and our environment. So the way we grapple with problems, the way we look for solutions to problems, the way we rebel against maybe outmoded or outgrown systems, all of that, you know, ties it. Nobody does this massive amount of work on a spiritual or magical level who isn't shaken up the system on some, yeah. Yeah. On some real profound level. And so, um, and again, there was a certain amount of rebellion, not only from his own upbringing, you know, against his own upbringing, but also of some of the, the whatever you want to say, the mores or morals or, or standards of the time. Yeah. Because people were questioning those as to whether or not that was really valid or, or um, useful or 
you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, so all of that does tend to play in. There's a whole, there's a whole system. There's a whole life going on along with the life of the, of the tarot, but there's a, but there's a timelessness even about the tarot because of the fact that certain things, certain archetypes, certain energies, we all as human beings, aside from our culture or the time in our culture in which we're living, recognize on some really primal level. And then that gets into the whole kind of Jungian thing. Yeah, yeah. That whole idea that archetypes are recognizable across age and time and culture and society and all of that. So that's why tarot still works, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people still can relate no matter when a particular deck was, you know, designed or. Yeah. Cycles are the same. The the things around us might look different, but the things inside us are the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's, yeah, just, yeah. Just because there's no cell phones, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and and what I like to see truly um, I'm fascinated by the variety of decks that are out there now. And again, people talk about clones and that's not meant as a, as a derogatory term, but a clone of a Rider weight deck is using again, basically weights system. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and, but then, a different depiction, a different lens, a different perspective. And same right. thing with um, those clones, although there are fewer of them. Yeah. The idea being that taking what Crowley did and, and changing how it's being depicted or how people can associate them with it, maybe, and again, that may be more modern. It may be, um, I know there's a big upsurge in, you know, for example, not, you know, decks that are non-binary when it comes to depiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, gender. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's I wonderful so too. Yeah, because you because wanna... before they just had to kind of work with what they had and assign it. Yeah, to it's like okay, you got yeah. a male, you got a female. I mean, as far as a picture, that's all you got to go on. Yeah. Um. You know, and so it's like, well, but what about what about? Yeah. Yeah. All the other, you know, all the other identities. Yeah, and identities. So I, I like it all because it's not so much about whatever I personally believe or don't believe it's, it's, that's not really the, the reason that my liking it or not liking it should even make a difference. But why I like it is because to me, the more open doorways there are into accessing and being relate and being able to relate to a tarot deck. Especially, you know, every day, I guess, you know, thousands of people come to tarot for the first time. Yes. Yes. And, and every day, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, um, use tarot in some way, our, our, our readers or our students or our questioners or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The more open doors there are to that because of what tarot I feel is so valuable for I'm yeah. I, I agree with that. And, you know, give me dragons, give me fairies, give me Harry Potter, give me whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I am, I am good. Some of them make me laugh. Some of them leave me scratching. My yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's okay. It's great. God, I want to scratch my head a lot more. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love those perspectives. Um, so I want to ask you, um, what would you say your favorite card is in this deck? 
your very oh, favorite yes. card, the one that, that really speaks to you about yourself or about life or about people or like, is wow. there one in this deck that really or two, you know, one that really does it for you? Like as that far as so hard. I know I should have asked you that before the podcast to think about it. Oh, I'm kind of going through them and trying to think too. You know, um, I, I guess I do have probably quite a few favorites, but I guess one that I just love just because of the way it looks and the way it makes me feel does happen to be the love card. It's the two of cups. Oh yes. It's beautiful. Let me, I mean, it is so, there's something so serene about that card. I love the color scheme. I love the, Oh, it's so sweet. And the load, is that a Lotus? Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. A Lotus because to get through a new relationship, you got to come up through the muck. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's some muck in a new relationship, like a lotus going through the mud, you know. <laughs> Actually, again, if I am not sorely mistaken, all of Crowley's cup cards depict lotuses in some form or fashion. Oh. Some of them are like very like this one is very, you know, this the one up here at the top where the yeah is very lush and beautiful and healthy. Some of them, when you start getting to like the seven and the eight where things are not going so great. Yeah. They don't look so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're on the seven and you're drunk, it might not look that bad. Beer goggles. Let's do all readings with beer goggles. Exactly. <laughs> so do you do you have advice to listeners starting out with a thought or a thoth deck? And and they they just first of all. You can figure out how to pronounce it. I'll give you that leeway. That's my advice. Pronounce right. it however you want and ask right. other people and start a conversation that way, I guess. But would you have advice for people like where to start? Like how if they've never, if they have used traditional tarot and if they haven't used it both, mm-hmm. you know, what if this, like a lot of people are just drawn to this deck and they have never done tarot and they just want this yeah. one, you know? It is, I will tell you this, at least in my own experience and a lot of the feedback I've heard over the years, it is not the easiest deck to learn. Right. Um, Especially if you're a novice. However, um, most of my education, most of my tarot education and study and practice centered around this deck. It was kind of like, once I found this, I was home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it certainly helps if you have, um, I will say this, um, the, the book, not the LWB, not the little white book that comes with the deck, but yeah, Crowley, uh, Crowley Crowley's book of Thoth. I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen decks with it in it too. Like it's, big, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful book. Yeah. But not for learning how to read this. <laughs> it's just him talking about what he believes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great book for study. But if yeah. you want to learn to read the tarot, I don't suggest using the book <laughs> to do it because you will be so confused. Like, I can't do this. You'll put the deck away. You'll never pick it up again. Um, it's confusing. He was a brilliant man. He went off he on a lot of tangents in that book. I mean, when I first started reading it, I realized that the first probably good, well, almost probably, I won't say half, but probably about a good quarter of the book is all dedicated just to the fool. 
And I'm like, well, there's 78 cards here. Like, wait, wait, is this book going to be an encyclopedia? (laughs) It is a wonderful, I'll call it study companion. It is not the best way. (laughs) Maybe it's like the way to get into his mindset and then you read the cards. (laughs) Yeah. There are a couple of books that I have found to be much more um, helpful. Um, There's, uh, and of course, right now I'm going to draw a blank on titles. There's a book by uh, Lon Milo Duquet um, or Milo Duquet um, that is wonderful. Um, and I can always send those to you if you want to put Oh, them yeah. There. Yeah. I can put them in the description mm-hmm. if you have some. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's as actual companion books to while you're wanting to learn the, the folk tarot, okay. they are much more helpful, much more instructive and give you a framework or a system, which I think almost all of us need as we're starting out, right. To try to figure out how everything kind of all fits together with some clearer, let's call it explanations of why the cards are what they are and kind of how to learn or start learning to interpret them. Yeah. Um, but again, the book of Thos is, is not that book. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> Sorry. I gotta keep it real. And <laughs> oh, there were many times. I mean, I had the good fortune of working with people who were already pretty skilled and were students of this deck in particular. So working with them helped me get some of that framework that I wasn't getting yet. Right, right. Yeah, from that book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the book, right, the book was not helping. I mean, I learned some really important things, but I did not learn how to read the tarot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Like, when you when you, when you you started reading with Thoth, Thoth, I keep doing both. I'm just going to do them both all the time now. But when you when you went transitioned into that deck, um, did you feel uh, the readings were different or the the energy of the readings were how so? I got a whole different take on what a tarot reading could be, and it didn't matter so much what the it wasn't that the questions changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think just, just as I think that, especially obviously sometimes for a novice, it is more, um, comfortable to have the more pictorial things right. that with Rider way, again, you get a little picture, you get a scene and you can free associate from that scene. Right. Right. And yeah, granted, we don't all live in medieval, you know, obviously we don't live in medieval, you know, places. <laughs> those, those look very you know, they're very rustic. They're very rural. I mean, the traditional ones. And nobody right? lives here. Let's hope. Yeah. The whole idea of, you know, farmers tilling fields and guys going to battle with, you know, with, um, you know, cl- whatever clubs, wands, whatever staves. Yeah. Staves. You know, we don't live in, in that anymore, but again, there's enough ar- archetypal energy there that you can free associate. There. Yeah, exactly. Not having that as a framework while it was a challenge meant that I had to literally had to look at my cards differently. Yeah. I had to look for things differently because especially for the minors, you don't have, you have a picture and it's rich in imagery, but you do not have a, you have a picture, but you don't have a story. Yeah. Yeah. And because you don't have a story, how, how I learned to relate 
first to the card and then relate what I was getting to the questioner became a completely different process. Thing. Yeah. It just was different. It, it kind of had to be. Oh, I'm going to have yeah. to try it. I'm going to. So it's kind of, I yeah. mean, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun exploration. I love an exploration. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that idea of going at something from a very different um, place. You're coming at it from a completely different direction. And so what it awakens when you're looking at the card, aside from your intuition and the other things, you know, that you use when you read, um, I mean, even the Ace of Cups, it's like, you know, and I know that in, in Rider Waite, the Aces, other than I think perhaps a disembodied hand, don't have yeah. people in them. Yeah, just the hand. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but with like like with the Ace of Cups, I mean, maybe that's not the best example, but um, even the way I would read Aces are here. We've got the, we've got the four discs. Now, traditionally... On right away, you've got a guy kind of sitting really. Yeah, he's all he's kind of hunking. Yeah, he's got all his pentacles. Right, <laughs> he's got his four pentacles. He's got his feet on two of them. You know, he's solid. You know, he's like yeah. in. You know, he's like. He's like I got it. my stuff. I'm, this I'm is good. Mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Compared with, for example, the four of discs in in those, and you've got what essentially almost looks it's called, the card is called power and it almost looks like an aerial view of a like you know again olden times like if you had a castle or some kind of yeah it looks like a, a moat yeah and then you have the four corners usually those would be armed you know there'd be guards there there'd be guys with you know bows and arrows or whatever boiling oil who knows right <laughs> but this idea but now here i would say you know that same that same sense of having of protecting what's important, right? Yes, very much so. You know, you're very guarding so. what's protecting yeah. your resources. Yeah, yeah or yeah. your He's like, okay, security. this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that I've got it, but you can't necessarily have it. I'm mine. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like you may know that I've got some good stuff in here, but you don't know what it is, and it's mine. And you, and you, and you can't have it. <laughs> you're, you know, you're still blocked off from easy access to it. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Again, again, it's it, are they are they completely different energies? No, they're not. Because again, it's the same system. It's I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. It's tarot. Yeah. So yes, it's the same system. But the way I would look at this then and talk to somebody about what was going on was different than what I would say looking at that that four of pentacles. Yeah, like the, the one I was just holding up, the four of pentacles from Rider Weight has a feeling. I mean, some people think it's a greed card, but I don't really think so. I think it's like you're in a good place, serving yeah. yourself, taking care of yourself. But when I look at that card, it's kind of like I'm building up my 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 you know protection and I'm I'm mm-hmm. stable and I'm 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 okay you know and you know it's like more powerful in that you know whereas this guy in the in the rider weights like he's all alone he he is yeah. his you know but when I when you do especially the way you describe that four of uh discs it's like wow you know there's a bunch of people guarding this you know <laughs> but it's still someone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again and and still that idea you know but again I would say like the essence the feel essentially is still the idea that I I have and I'm going to protect what I have, or I'm going to hold on to what I have. Yeah. And again, that doesn't have to be that. That does not have to be greedy. Now, depending on what else I saw in the spread, I might be like, you know what, you got to loosen up a little bit. 
Because if you don't, yeah. I mean, if all you do is cling so tightly to something that you can't find a way to kind of loosen up and open up, it's true you will hold on to what you have. But I've always said, you know, a clenched fist does not receive, right? You'll hold thing. on to whatever you've got in there, right? Yeah. But you cannot receive anymore. There, there, there's no Your way hands in. closed. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you know, you got to. <laughs> you gotta loosen up. You gotta let it. That's swirl. a really good good metaphor. I like that a lot. Yeah. So yeah. So again, I mean, you know, it's hard. You know, it's hard, and it's hard to remember, frankly. And I'll just be honest. And this is not a criticism by any means, because I've, you know, I've taught people and I've worked with people who were very, very new to tarot. Um. And so, I, and I, 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 I love students. You know, and I yeah. still consider myself a student. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's hard to remember what it's like after this many years, and it's been many, many years. Yeah, to get daunted by that 78 cards, those 78 yeah. cards, and like every single possible meaning, because people will put that on themselves. It's like, yeah. Listeners, you can have just one meaning at a time for a little while. That's okay. Yeah. There's no rules. <laughs> what works for right. you? Learn. And you, will, and you will evolve along with your deck of choice, yes. whatever deck that happens to be, and the different nuances and the different things that speak to you and the different things that you see recur in a reading um, uh, and how things fit together and flow together will become absolutely uniquely yours. And that is as it should be. That is exactly what's I think you're right. It should totally be yours. And um, and also something with the Foth deck that really, when I have used it before, I found it very interesting with the art, how Mm -hmm. when the cards are laid out in a spread or like a lot of times I just ask questions and pull cards. Yeah. They kind of flow like the directions of the the cards. Like, let me just pull a few out of the middle and show you what I mean. Like, let's say we got... I'll put them all upright to make it easier. We got these five cards. So we have Ace of Wands. And then we have, I can't read uh, that. That's called the Eon, which of course in Rider Waite would be called World. the Last Judgment. No, that one would actually be the judgment. Last Judgment. Okay. And then we have this one, Sun. And then we have Our Night, Night of Disc. So if you look at all these pictures, like I'm trying to like, show like yeah like let me just put two next to each other it'd be better yeah so um like these all flow like this and these lines flow like this so this card would be that's the lovers the lovers yes so they're they're kind of coming together and then there's like and then it flows out so when you put it next to the knight of discs you see it growth yeah along with the going up there's a lot of go- you know like all the lines and stuff they flow like towards yes. each other directionally into each other and explain kind of um the, the the energies between the cards and the people they're reading for if they come up as people you know and then and what people are experiencing i think that's really cool about that deck too yeah i like absolutely. that absolutely there's there's a real um and again especially because so much well really for the um for the minor cards um, so much of the imagery is either um, some of it's some of it's more representational than others. Some of it is quite abstract. Yeah. Um, but the idea that really when you lay them out, even if you just and I would even suggest this to somebody just for the fun of it, based on what you were just saying, is without reading the cards, just play with the cards. In other words, lay out 
20 cards, lay out five cards, lay out six cards, lay them next to each other, move them around, look at one in relation to another without trying to read the card or see what occurs to you. And look what, and look what happens, right? Look what happens when you look at those images, the ones with people and the ones without, and the way when they're next to each other, whether it's the color scheme, whether it's the shape, what Lisa, and Lisa, what you just pointed out, right? That flow, right? That That flow. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can just look at it. You just kind of see it. I don't know how to explain it any other way. Cause there's, there's, you know, the world and the Ace of Cups. I mean, when I look at those two together, they look like they belong, like it does look like a beginning and an ending, but they look like they belong in some kind of way in an emotional effect. Because the blue of this and the patterns of this bring out the blues and the patterns up here. In that, yeah. In what's going on. I think that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah, that would be another thing. And again, I would say to somebody who's coming new to the deck, don't even worry. I mean, if you're an experienced reader, that's a little bit different, but it's up. You should definitely worry if you're an experienced reader. (laughs) (laughs) for a lot of other reasons yeah (laughs) however you you come to it as a novice or as an experienced reader my first thing would be just literally just play with them don't necessarily attempt to don't scare yourself with them never scare yourself with your tarot cards they don't want to scare you you know have you ever seen people when they first start They'll they'll look at the descriptions and they're like, oh, this is good. And then they get to the maybe such you know, some more negative. They're like, definitely the negative. A lot of people go straight to those negative, you know, interpretations when they're learning because they are afraid that there's right. a bad message. And, and there's they're trying to find a secret a lot of times when they're looking at the tarot and they assume the worst. You know, they, I don't know why, but a lot of people will. I've seen people, especially with tarot apps on a phone or something. Yeah. They scare the crap out of themselves doing those sometimes. I've seen, oh, slow yourself down because you just read a paragraph and it's all saying opposites. You know, and you're picking, you know, you're picking, you know, not intuitively, but what you're afraid, you know, what you're fearing. And, um, so I, I, that's definitely, I love that idea of just playing with them and, and really just, getting to know them and touching them and taking pictures of them and do a card of the day with them. You know, it's yeah. like that for yourself. That's always a good thing to do. So Donna. You know, and then, Oh, and one other thing, and I was going to say this now, and and this is a pretty, I would say to some degree, it was a pretty accurate um, a, a, analysis of Crowley. Um, Crowley, a lot of people mm-hmm. will say that the, that, that, that both is a pretty dark deck. It kind of yeah. takes no prisoners. Yeah. Um, I think there are there are cards that are exquisitely beautiful and certainly are not heavy or you know Debbie Downer cards. Same. Right? Yeah. But the Debbie Downer cards are pretty dark. Yeah, there they are. But, but, um, but you just flip another card and hope it gets better. <laughs> that's okay. Right. That's okay. And again, I think a lot of people are frightened of this deck. First of all, because of his reputation that yeah. that's which precedes him. Yes. Um, <laughs> And then the other thing is, though, too, that some of the ones that are dark, I mean, look at this three of swords. I mean, not the three swords piercing someone through the heart or piercing a heart, a heart. is cheery. <laughs> yeah, that one's, yeah. But this yeah. is really, this is dark. I mean, you've got these dark blues and this sort of yeah. yellowish green and it doesn't, you know, you look at this. It, it looks dismal. It looks dismal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it ain't good. It's like I would look at this. <laughs> I didn't have to be a tarot reader to go that. Yeah, ain't good. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking I'm looking at this. Um, I mean, I think this is this is adjustment. So this would be the one we've already looked at. And I was just looking at lust too. The um, yeah. These two, I think, are kind of scary. Now the lust one isn't as scary, I think, right. as it, like like this adjustment one just looks just imprisoning to me. Like I like the strength card, but I, so I don't know what the, uh, this interpretation would be, I mean, the justice card. So I don't know how this is interpreted in for the Thoth deck, but, um, it just kind of scares me. And then the last one, it's, it's kind of enticing, but in a, in a, in a like risque way, you know, if, 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 if if you're, you know, at watching a movie with your kids, you're not going to want this card to pop up, I guess. No, probably not. That's a, that, that's a discussion you don't want to have. No, not yet. <laughs> that's an R-rated movie, right? That's not the And I remember, I remember this. No, that's, oh, this one's horrible. This one's dreadful. Defeat. I mean, right. uh, it's kind of a pretty color scheme, but it's like something about it reminds me of bones being broken. I don't know why. Like, yeah. like a like reminds me of like a turkey bone being about to be pulled yeah. apart and yeah, like bones right. being yeah. breaking, broken. Yeah. yeah, and that's well. It's the, not again. It's the five of swords. Five of swords. That's a very not brutal card. Happiest, yeah, not the happiest card in the deck. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it's to me, it's much more overt. Like yeah. you get a real. I mean, for me, I get a real visceral reaction from that. I card. do too. It feels now, like it's about to snap. You know, right. it feels like it's about to break. Right. But in the gut, it's like oh. You know, yeah. Whereas when I look at the when I look at the five of swords in right away, again, does it make me happy? No. I'm kind of confused I when I look at that card sometimes. You know. Well, do I know something's off? Yeah. yeah. I know something's yeah. off. Yeah. I, I don't get that gut punch. Like, yeah. This ooh. is this is something. Yeah. yeah. This is something. On that note, we're defeated with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, where can people find you? Where can they find you and, and get a one get get a thought reading from you or anything else? Um, first of all, you can find me on Everclear, where I am Maria M, and my contact number will be available. I'll put that in the description. Yeah, yeah. on the description of the podcast, and you can also find me at my own website, which is Destiny Tarot. And that's D-S-T-N-Y-T-A-R-O-T.com. And I'll put that in the description too. And speaking of Everclear, I would like to thank Everclear. They're our sponsor. And yes. Everclear is a, an advice platform where you can get advice from psychics and empaths to get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. And we love some Everclear. <laughs> it's a great place to work. Great place to yes, work. Great co-workers like Donna. Thank you. Right. So that's how that's how Lisa and I met. If it yeah. wasn't for Everclear, we wouldn't have met. So Everclear let me interview like they let me get on the forum and ask people to be interviewed. And I mean, just the platform is just so open-minded. You know, they just they they give us some happies. So and they they want us to connect. So that's that's really cool. And yeah. um, you know, I miss Missy. Missy's on a cruise listener, she's having a good time, but she'll be back someday, maybe. And uh, if she, 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 uh, if she yeah. doesn't decide to run away for good, she might, she might, she, she, she sent some pictures and I, I, I didn't, I didn't get any more. So <laughs> of course she's overseas. Well, so. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit jealous, but I'm glad. Know, that she's right. Jealous. Yeah. She's having, she deserved it. She needed it. But, um, so Misty, we miss you and, uh, listeners, I'd like to say thank you for listening as always. And Donna, thank you again for the sixth time for another tarot talk. You've educated me a lot and uh, I'm probably going to do a reading with my thought deck while this compiles. <laughs> Try it out. So, that sounds um, great. 
And Thank you so much for having me back. I always have the most wonderful time when I'm with you and when we're together with Misty also. Certainly we had, we've been able to do podcasts with. Yeah, we have. There've been a few. I deserve, but I'm, but again, I'm always happy to be here. I will come as often as you ask. Yay! Me as we're coming. We're doing a Tarot Talk <laughs> 7. It's coming up sometime. You'll be here for it. I hope listeners. And uh, we will be here for it. <laughs> Donna and I. And um, on that note, thank you. Have a great night, day, morning, afternoon, 3 a.m. snack, whatever you're doing when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> and check out some Thothoth and Crowley Crowley. You like that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> figure out how to spell it from the, we've given you a lot of ways it sounds. So I'm sure you can figure out how to spell it from the many yeah. different phonetic experiences we had during this podcast with these terms. So thank you for listening again and uh, peace out. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.